that Jesus gives these three parables of the kingdom. We're going to focus on the first one, the weeds and the wheat in the field. When he's talking about the kingdom, when he's talking, when he gives parables that refer to the kingdom, uh, he's talking about two things. One is like the fulfillment of the kingdom when the age ends and the end of the world comes and everything is remade and renewed. But he's also talking about the kingdom as it is growing in the world now, which is the church. Okay, so in all of these parables, when Jesus says the kingdom is like this, you can, you can replace it and say the church of Jesus is like this. And he says the kingdom is like this. There are weeds and wheat in this field. That hopefully changes our expectations if they need to be changed. Uh, we, we can't expect, Jesus teaches us, we can't expect like a perfectly pure and perfected church until the end of the world. Um, on the other hand, uh, that means that um, we should expect evildoers or evil actions even amongst those who believe in Jesus and who go to church. It's, it can be a hard thing for us, but Jesus himself says, this is what the kingdom is like. This is what it will look like. So our responses to this, I think they usually fall into two categories. On the one hand, we might say, okay, weeds and wheat, I don't think it's that big of a problem. The weeds aren't bothering me. We don't have to do anything. The other one is, yes, it's a problem. It's a big problem, and we need to go and tear out all the weeds. To the first, the one who says, I don't know, it's not really a big problem to me, Jesus, as he says in the gospel today, he says, you have to take it seriously. We can't be naive about this. There is a problem. We have an enemy who is the devil, and it can't be ignored. And to the second group that says, we have to uproot all of these weeds, he says, do not pull up the weeds, but let them grow. So what do we do then? What are we supposed to do? We tend the field, and we do it in two ways. Okay, the first one is that we plant more wheat. And the second way is that the wheat that is planted among the weeds, we, we, make, we work to make the wheat strong enough to not be choked by the weeds, but to come to the day of harvest. So as an example of this, I want to tell you about what, what I did this week. I was gone uh, up north in Boyne Mountain. At, uh, I've never been to Boyne Mountain. It's, it's a huge place on this, on this mountainside. Um, it's called Focus Summer Projects. So there are some people here who have done summer projects or some people here who are focused missionaries and know what this is about. Um, but I'll tell you about it because most of you have no idea, I think. I didn't know really until this summer. This is my first time doing it. Okay, so our focus missionaries here at St. Luke, through the school year, they work hard to do the first thing, tending the field. They plant more wheat. They go out on campus and they invite people, whether they're Catholic or not, Christian or not, whatever. They invite them in to meet the Lord. So they spend all the year planting more wheat. But then we got a problem, summer. They spend all the school year here with their community. They're in prayer and Bible studies and discipleship. And then the summer comes. And if you're a teacher or a professor, you know that by the end of the summer, nothing that you were taught during the semester. They, they, we will remember nothing, you know, like what happened to the Ottoman Empire? We talked about it for six weeks last semester and I have no idea. And I don't remember algebra anymore. You know, all these sorts of things. So summer, summer is sort of the enemy when the weeds grow and it can be that there's nobody tending the wheat. So here's the solution. It's summer projects. Basically, um, Focus, this national organization, pork, uh, partners with some sort of resort, some sort of uh, summer job. And they say, we're going to staff you. We'll send you a bunch of students to work in these different positions. And you have to provide us a space for a priest and a chapel and those sorts of things. 
So um, all of these all of these summer places are eager for workers. You know, it's hard for them to find them. So when they say you'll supply 50 or 100 college students to work for us for the summer, great, we'll do what you want. So there were about 50 students up in Boyne Mountain. Um, there were a few from Michigan, but most of them were from different places like Texas or Kansas or Mississippi or Louisiana, um, from all over the place. Some of them have just started following the Lord. So they're like a, a newly planted seed. Um, some of them have been doing this for longer, but all of them have a real deep commitment to growing as the Lord wants them to grow. And so then there are missionaries there who oversee and guide the whole summer. Um, each of the students, while they're there, they're doing 30 or 40 hours of work in different places. Some of them are in the kitchen. Some of them are, uh, you know, taking people's luggage to their room. Some of them are working on maintenance and those sorts of things. So they're doing a regular job. They have to make their own food. They have to do their own laundry, all those sorts of things. And then during the week, they're, they're in formation and discipleship. So each week, there's one or two priests there who are, who are the chaplains. So I was there by myself. I was the chaplain last week. The priest before me, the week before, he was from Detroit. And the priest after me, he's coming from New York City. Um, and the, the priests are there for mass and for adoration and for confessions and everything, uh, but especially for these spiritual coaching sessions, which is basically like you can make an appointment and you meet with this priest for 45 minutes. And we don't talk about like, oh, my roommate leaves his dirty socks all over or I don't like you know, making my own food, but it's more like, what is the Lord doing for you? What's happening? How are you responding to him? So they are beautiful and deep, deep conversations. All of the students there, they go to mass every day. Every day, they spend an hour in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. Every week, they have a Bible study. Every week, they have some sort of formation topic. So they bring in a speaker, and the speaker speaks for, for about an hour on certain, certain topics. So while I was there, two Dominican sisters from Nashville came up, and they spoke about Marian devotion. It was beautiful. And then there are different events and excursions that happen. So like on um, Thursday, we took a trip to Mackinac Island, and I've never been there. And I stepped in horse poop, and... <laughs> And I bought some fudge. <laughs> and then on Friday, there was a talent show also that was put on by the students. So they have been there for like six or eight weeks. I don't remember. And they're living together and praying together and struggling and growing and encouraging each other. So to see them in these different settings, not just in the chapel and not just at work, but out, out on Mackinac Island taking a bike ride or, or during the talent show, uh, there's just like this very tangible joy and love that has grown up for the summer. So what they're living over the summer is a life of discipleship that is nourished by prayer and by community and by formation and by a life of discipline. In other words, what Summer Projects does is the second thing that has to do with tending the field, that is taking these, wheat, these planted seeds of wheat and making them strong and fertile so that the weeds do not choke them out. There were just many very beautiful conversations that I had with the students. You know, they make an appointment. It is so beautiful to be a priest because um, they just met me, you know? And all they know is that this priest has come to be our chaplain for the week. And so they, they will trust you and, and, and trust themselves to you right away. But a lot of the conversations were like, the Lord is revealing himself and his love for me in this way, but I'm comfortable with this old way. And I'm hesitant and I don't know how to respond. So then we talk about that. Or the, I'm afraid that the Lord, if I give him more of myself, that he will ask me to do something that I do not want to do. I'm afraid. And we talk about that. Or it's things like, 
the Lord is doing wonderful things in me and I don't know how to thank him. And I don't want to be slowed down. I know that I'm changed and I don't want to lose it at the end of the summer. I was talking to one of the sisters from Nashville, Sister Mary Rebecca, and she just commented how, um, she said, uh, all of us have a time where our first love for God is given to us, where he pours out, he breathes this fire into us, and we give our whole selves to him. And then through our lives, it kind of becomes blurred or gray, and we have to recover it and blow the dust off it and return over and over to this first love. But she said, with these students, what was so beautiful to her was that we, the, the sisters and, and me, the priest, we were able to, to, to watch the Lord uh, nourish this first love in them. And so it is just like encouraging and inspiring and beautiful and makes you thank God over and over for his goodness. So I'm telling you all of this, not just so that you can have an update on what the week was like, but because again, this is like, this is one way, this is an example of how to do this second way of tending the field. We have to plant the seeds, but then we have to strengthen them and fertilize them and water them and give them sunshine. If our priorities can't be pulling the weeds and we can't ignore the problem, yes, we have to plant the wheat and make it stronger. So what I want you to be thinking about, and I, I don't have answers to this. There, there are many ways to do this, but how, how do we do this second thing? Well, how do we do both things? How do we do the first and second ways of tending the field at St. Luke? How does it work? Not when you're a college student working with missionaries at Boyne Mountain, but how does it happen in a parish, in this parish? Parents, how does this happen? How can you nourish and strengthen these plants of wheat in your family? And how does a parish equip you to take good care of the portion of the Lord's field that has been entrusted to you? I don't expect you to just like jump into action and I don't expect you to just have an answer right away. Um, but I want you to think about it because I'm thinking about it. The weeds are real and thriving and not going away. And I meet every day many unhealthy wheat plants that are threatened with being choked out. You, you know how this goes. Very often, your kids, when they leave the house, they leave the Lord and they don't come back. That's not the life that we want for them because we know the life that the Lord has is a life of abundance and joy. So St. Luke can be the place where this happens, where the weeds do not disturb us because the crop is so plentiful and thriving. It depends on your personal response. So like I said, you don't have to know what to do right away. You don't have to have all the answers, but we do have to do something. We can't stand by, we have to do something, and it has to start with prayer. Your own response to the Lord's call in prayer. So please, please pray with me that the Lord will turn this place into his abundant harvest.